No bliss. I live this existence in a past tense, cutting nonsense with persistence. I am the resistance. You make people like me so you can point your fucking fingers. Shattering PC norms where depravity's born. Publicity storm hat hiding the horns. You already lost me, spitting with velocity, atrocity, slicing through my enemies. I'm carving a path for value to craft, starving for cash, rocking a life raft, antihistamine snorts, comedic retorts. Like yogurt, use the Schwartz, and don't forget to salute your shorts. When I say to the king and you say, who's that? I say, bitch, recognize who you get slapped. From his dope-ass kicks to his ball cap. Clean and he fresh and it all match. With your chick's lipstick on his ball sack. Dope-ass beard and he's all that. Give him ducats for his clickbait. Keep your cheers. No time for no white knights and neck beards. All the way up thirst trapping and fat from the tears. Magic and hash, the best shit to happen in years. Sit swami getting sticky on me, tricky with it. Dixie wrecks it, quick he wrecks shit. Bricks of hash with chicks to smash dick. What? Magic and hash is a way out. A splash of hope in the drought, in the face of doubt. And we'll figure it out. Better than ever before, coming to even the score. Reality's whore, anything but bore. Very special thanks to Sid Swami and your stretchy ball sack. I've been burning, I've been burning Here's the reason why my eyes are red I've been Welcome to a very special Game of Thrones edition of Magic and Hash. My name's Tim, you might know me from Westeros cast. Hold on. What was the Night Watch Oath? Crows before hoes. And joining us from cast from Winterfell, a man who let the hound out. A man responsible for pulling the little finger. A man who knows how much a dragon duty weighs. Sid Swami. Wow, I really need to get somebody new to say all my titles. Sound a little, sounded, sounded a little weak there. I'm just saying, you're supposed to get them hyped. I'll, I'll do, do all that in post. It's going to be all triumphant and shit. A man who hails from the Iron Isle, Sid Swami, the smoke blower, first of his name, drunkest of the realm, king of smart remarks, casher of bowls, and father of chimeras. <laughs> Howdy, homies. We're back, and we're going to fucking spoil the entire season seven of Game of Thrones. So if you haven't watched that and you're listening to this, you done fucked up. And a man who's checking the papers on all the unsullied army, John Holland. Yeah, that's right. I get to uh, cop a feel, and if I feel something, they get kicked out. <laughs> <laughs>
and a man touted as a slightly taller and more attractive Tyrion Lannister. Jason Roscom. <laughs> What's happening? Old Man Roscom here. I'm fucking tired. Uh, but at least I watched Game of Thrones, so it's all good. Hold on. What a killer last episode. Make Westeros great again. Dude, if Jason could have a beard like Tyrion, that'd be pretty amazing. But I don't know, dude. Like, Tyrion's beard game was so up this season. It was incredibly... It was incredibly full, and you could tell he has lots of testosterone. Did you see him in that little tiny Versace suit in the last episode? He looked so fucking dope. Everyone looked sick in the last episode. All the like, heads came together. Yeah, I noticed that uh, the mountain, uh, he had new armor, too, and that shit was badass. It was like all black and silver and shit. Yeah, I love how, like... Uh... You know, they come across the narrow sea with all these fucking dragons and Dothraki and all that shit. And apparently some pretty fly tailors who can put together like a, you know, goddamn winter expedition outfit and, uh, you know, parlay outfit and all these other things just kind of on the fly. Like, yo, I got to go north of the wall. Okay, here's something from the winter collection. Ooh la la. Do you think that's like a subculture of like Game of Thrones fandom is like the fashion of Game of Thrones? Fun fact, Brianna Tarth, she's a fashion model. Like, you know, outside of Game of Thrones, the actress that plays her is like pretty big plus size model. Oh, there's a lot of titty pics of her out there on the internet. Like tasteful Thank- professional titty pics. Thank goodness for that. Yeah, I think I think even the zombie, the white walker that came out of the chest had like a killer outfit. They really dolled it up for that last episode. Yeah, so speaking of, how much was this last episode exactly like an episode of the WWE right before SummerSlam or something like that? Is that a lie or is that the truth? Everybody gets together and sits down and it's like, oh my god, oh my god, Cersei has joined the Alliance. She's joined it. Slaughtered every man, woman, and child put to the sword. And then like the first thing that happens at SummerSlam is like they betray him and stab him in the back. It was exactly like that shit. So you say this felt like a go-home episode of Raw or something like the go-home episode before the pay-per-view. <laughs> right. They all met together just so Jon Snow can be like, I pledge my loyalty to her. You are in the presence of Daenerys Stormborn of House Targaryen. Queen of the Andals and the First Men. Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea. Breaker of Chains and Mother of Dragons. It's like, it was all set up to show how loyal he was. It's like, it was all fucked. But yeah, the best man. part about all this was the fact that all these, everybody who's still alive all came together. You saw all these reunions, the Hound and his brother. If any more words come pouring out your cunt mouth, I'm gonna have to eat every fucking chicken in this room. Fucking, um, obviously Tyrion and Cersei. And- to the proud Lannister children. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. And all these people who either have never seen each other or haven't seen each other in years, all kind of coming together in these last couple episodes. It was pretty amazing. Who's your favorite character overall, Jason? Ooh, man. Uh, probably Jon Snow. First lesson, sticking with the pointy end. Did, did you see that ass last night? Ooh. Bandwagoner. Me too. It's, it's sexy ass. Yeah. Necrophiliac. I'm glad that Kit Harrington hasn't gotten so famous that he doesn't mind showing his ass 
because Amelia Clark, she used to show fucking titties and ass all the time, but there was like zero titties or ass in that whole sex scene. It was still hot, and it was pretty cool to see Jon Snow's butt, but I don't know, like... But he's banging his aunt. What's going on there? He's banging his aunt, man. That's like that's like half the porn on Pornhub. I couldn't tell you, man, because I wouldn't bang one of my aunts even with your dick, Tim, but my aunts are like old fucking ugly women and shit. And I don't know, like, Daenerys would be a hot aunt, like... They say it's impregnable. Give me ten good men and some climbing spikes. I'll impregnate the bitch. Perhaps make a Pornhub account with that, bro. But back to the WWE, doesn't this kind of remind you of the storyline when, like, Triple H and Stephanie were, like, getting married and divorced to literally everyone? When Stephanie was supposed to marry Test, and then Triple H interrupted and... Right, 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 right. Yeah. That's the only one and I remember. He, is that where he had drugged her and did, yeah. like, one of the drive-through right, wedding yeah. chapels in Vegas? Oh, my God, dude. Ugh. So, like, spe- speaking of shock value, like, there was a lot of shocks uh, this season, especially in the final episode. But I want to, like, know overall what you thought the most shocking moment was this season. That's an easy one for me. It was last episode when uh, when they resurrected the dragon. I did not see that coming at all. And when they started pulling him out of the fucking ice, I'm like, holy shit, they are not going to do this. And they've got giant chains? Like, where the fuck did they get those chains from? They couldn't get a chain in the Battle of the Blackwater. Uh, Tyrion needed a chain for his wildfire plan. They couldn't do that. But these fucking White Walkers have chains. I don't know where they got these chains from. They're very resourceful. I called Sid two weeks before that episode, and we were talking about Game of Thrones. And since the last book isn't written, and this is all kind of like they're storyboarding it, and they're all kind of like it's like you know TV show writers. I was like, what is the most gruesome thing that the zombies can bring in the army? Because they already have those ogres. I was like, what if they get one of the fucking dragons? And I told Sid, I was like, I bet you that there'll be a zombie fucking dragon. And when it happened, I felt so fucking justified. But I was just like. I was like, what hacks? What writer fucking hacks? Okay, well, just just for the record, let's go around the table here. Uh, I'm one of those insufferable fucks that's already read all the books. Because that's what men do. So uh, where are you guys at? Have you read the books? Have you not read the book? Where are you at? I got about halfway through the first one. I'm like, eh, I'll just watch the TV show. Uh, I haven't read one of the books since um, season five started. And by that point, I think I was part way through... Uh, a feast for crows and um a feast for crows is just where they kind of lost me man because the plot in that one deviated so far from what was going on in the show i was kind of out of it i mean it was still like a really well written book but it was like a whole other dornish plot going on in the books that like is not in the well, show yeah. at all and, yeah. and that's that's why i bring this up because um if you've read through all of the books and you're kind of at the point where the books are versus where the tv show is there's only like you know two or three different directions that some of the major plot lines can go in and like the whole thing with the zombie dragon it's like either there had to be three people riding live dragons or there's only two people and one of the dragons dies and then you know well if the dragon dies then it's got to be resurrected as a zombie so you know maybe not as shocking for people that have read the books okay Um, so what was shocking to you then because obviously there's a lot of stuff that shocked book readers uh as well as show only watchers 
Um, I think the number one most shocking thing for me was the way that they uh, pulled back in characters that we haven't seen for a couple of seasons even, you know, and kind of very quickly and swiftly, uh, you know, made like the whole Magnificent Seven thing going north of the wall and all that stuff because, you know, for fucking years, and if we've read the books for like thousands of pages, you know, this stuff just doesn't happen. And then like all of a sudden, boom, you know, these people are together and they're doing something you know, that's that's been building for for decades. Does anyone reply to that? Or can I, I have a monumental moment. I don't want to lose it, but I mean, I'm all high. Go for it, man. Um, I thought, uh, oh, I lost it. I'm all high. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, fuck, I think I did lose it. All right, go ahead. Shit. Well, to me, definitely, like, as far as pure shock value in this season, uh, the fucking scene with Jorah and Sam where the grayscale is getting cured. First of all, I was shocked that Jorah, like, got cured of this grayscale so quickly. There's a beast in every man, and it stirs when you put a sword in his hand. I figured he was pretty much a dead man, but just the that scene where he's, like, peeling his skin off, man... It just, uh, it gave me the willies, dude. Yeah, it was like, pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they did the uh, shot of the pie as he was like lancing one of the wounds or some shit like that. And it was just like, oh my God, like I almost threw up. <laughs> yeah. For a specific moment for me, I would say, you know, right there as we're about to have some hot uh, Yara action going on, mm-hmm. and oh, then Yara fucking sails right into it, and then like Theon is a little fucking dickless wonder and jumps into the thing. I mean, I think that was pretty shocking for me because they'd been setting that up all episode, and then boom, two minutes later, it's done. Yeah, we got robbed of our hot lesbian action. Still pretty pissed about that. A lot of people were like vouching for Theon and what he did that episode because they said he had PTSD, but I don't understand how he could have pretty thick, strong dick if Ramsey cut it off, you know? Well, yeah, and... Alright, I think I remember what mine was. Oh, oh, go for it, go for it. Before you lose it, go. Alright. <laughs> no, I wrote it down. Go ahead, John. Well, and, and part of, like, what I'm saying about, like, and part of my problem with this season is that they've totally telegraphed everything that's going to happen next season. Like, the only reason Yara gets captured is so that Theon can rescue her, so they can both go and, you know, somehow participate in this whole thing up at the wall with the White Walkers and all that. I mean, that's the only reason that this whole thing has been set into motion this season. What if the payoff of the entire series is just a humongous incest orgy at the end? They're like, yay, we defeated the White Walkers. And then Cersei and Jaime start fucking. And then Jon Snow and Daenerys start fucking. Theon and Yara start fucking. No man can match me in these things. I am the god of jits and wine. Because we learned this season, you don't need a dick to still fuck a chick like Grey Worm. If Grey Worm's such a man. He was able to lay pipe without an actual <laughs> pipe. And of course, leave it to Game of Thrones to fully reveal Jon's true heritage as he's bony his aunt. You know? As he's like fucking getting it in there. Like, well, oh, yeah, I mean, he's the rightful that's heir. family tradition for them, though. Well, Target. yeah, look at yeah, look like. at how much <laughs> Bran enjoys watching his brothers and sisters fuck people. I mean, this kid, if there was ever somebody that needed like a Bang Brothers account, oh my fucking god. I remember everything. Yeah, and of course, he doesn't know that fucking uh, 
they actually got married in, in secret, but he knows that fucking Sansa got raped. He knows all this other shit's going on. So we we know where, yeah, we know where he's using his abilities. Can't be any worse. It can. It can always be worse. He's looking into that. Yeah, he's checking out his sisters for sure. Yeah, he's not completely paralyzed from the waist down, that's for sure. I think the biggest fuck you if I was a writer at the very end of the show would be having Tyrion. What do you want, Bronn? Gold? Women? Golden women? Be like the guy who sits on the Iron Throne because he's like the least respected, little tiniest, but he could be recognized by being with most of the leaders during the best times of their leadership or whatever. I'm guilty of being a dwarf. You're not on trial for being a dwarf. Oh, yes I am. I've been on trial for that my entire life. Oh, okay, well, let's, let's just jump on that for a second because this is probably the number one thing that I am the most upset about going into this season. It's pretty clear that the battle with the White Walkers is not going to be the end of the series and of this whole epic saga, because then they got to turn their asses right around and then go back to King's Landing and deal with Cersei. So I'm kind of pissed off that, you know, we're going to have this, you know, climax that we've been waiting for, but then there's this kind of tacked on bullshit thing at the end too. You had to know that Cersei was going to double cross though. She would never come in with good faith. I don't think anybody would ever allow that as a writer or anything. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. There is no middle ground. So my That was by is, far the least shocking moment to find yeah. out that Cersei was going to fuck over the Alliance. Like, yeah. You're like oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I figured she was going to fuck him over, but I thought it would be like one of those things where like, you know, they just defeat the White Walkers and they're all tired and shit. And then all of a sudden, you know, they turn on them or something like that. I didn't think it was literally going to be a, well, I guess we've all got to turn around and march three days south and Cersei's still hold up in the keep with all the Lannisters and all that shit. Now, do you guys think that uh, Tyrion is still with Daenerys or do you think he's flip sides and he's back with his family? Because we had that moment where it was him and Cersei alone by themselves and we didn't see what the hell they, they how they finished that conversation. And then Cersei comes out and says, OK, yeah, I'll go north with you guys, even though she. He could side with Jamie against both of them, though, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of people think that he's going to he's going to abandon Daenerys and side with the Lannisters. Uh, I think it's a red herring, and they want us to think that maybe he's going to go down that route, and the best evidence for that is the way that the Stark sisters took care of Littlefinger. I think that was my most shocking moment I ever written down here. Littlefinger being his throat slashed because the Stark sisters had that natural moment together against each other. You kind of had to assume that they were kind of gonna butt heads again but as an audience you know they're sisters maybe they talked again obviously they talked again but you know shit got fucking twisted for Littlefinger where he's like I'm gonna have him her kill her own sister and like that's uh that's quite you have to bend somebody pretty far to you know be committed to that Sansa Uh, got bent over a couple times that situation's pretty different because Arya has wanted to kill Sansa before. Not necessarily put her on the death list, but you go back to season one. Like early in season one, uh, Jon Snow gives her a sword and says, hey, don't stab Sansa with this. And she promised. And then you got the episode where they're on the King's Road. The wolf gets killed. 
you know, that was another time when Sansa basically showed that she wasn't down for the Starks. And like, I, I was really fucking swerved by that. I really thought it was going to come down to, uh, Arya versus Sansa, but me too. All right. So Arya is my favorite character. And the thing is Arya, I want to see her fulfill her list. All right. So she has the hound to kill and Cersei to, ha- to kill. I want to know what you guys think of who else is on her list, but she spent time with the faceless man and they like basically attacked her identity. They were like, who are you? And beat the fuck out of her every time she tried to like accept herself as Stark. So I thought she had kind of disowned her family to become this like faceless entity. So I felt like there could have been like a death scene between her and Sansa. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, the only thing that threw me about that whole scene was how quickly it got resolved. Because if this had been Game of Thrones five years ago, or if it had been the books, that shit would have dragged on for an entire fucking season. I mean, that they got that whole thing in and done in like two, three episodes is just fucking amazing to me. Well, the thing is, they try to wrap up all the stories in one season, and then halfway through, they're like, all right, we're going to have another season, and they're all going to be 80 two plus minutes so they're all gonna be like almost full-length feature episodes so it's like an hour and a half they just like are like holy fuck the guy enriched the storyline so fucking much like how do you tie up all these loose ends to kind of solve it unless you have a bunch of spin-offs or some bullshit i tell you how you tie that up just have them all die at once hmm. well yeah that's like they've they've obviously telegraphed uh, that the Clegan Bowl is going to happen after the wall thing, so we know that you know the Hound's going to survive the wall and then go south and probably kill the shit out of his brother. Or they kill each other. Um, you know that little bitch that's like uh, Robert's illegitimate son, uh, who was rowing in the boat for like three seasons. Like he's obviously got to die because he's got a legitimate claim to the throne. You know Cersei's got to die because she's pregnant and has an heir. Uh, you know all these people. Like you pretty much take Littlefinger's little. Uh, you know, thing about who benefits and all that stuff and apply it. Chaos isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. And if you have anything that might be problematic to a happy ending to Game of Thrones, you're going to die. What do you guys think about Arya's list before we pass through that? I mean, do you think there's any more names other than those two names that I thought of? And do you think she'll kill Cersei? I don't know. I'm torn between Arya or Jamie as the ones who end up pulling the trigger and kill Cersei. I'm leaning towards Jamie, but eh, who the hell knows? Leaning towards Jamie, but also I would love to see Arya use Littlefinger's face to get close to Cersei and try. Oh, shit. You think Jamie will see her with the uh, dude from the Iron Islands and then, like, in a rage, he's just kind of like. Alright, fucking ender. Or do you think it's like she tries to deceive people again and then karmically she's kind of taken out? Uh, here's what happens. Here's what I think happens. You know, Jamie is going to, you know, obviously lead the armies because Jon Snow is a shit field commander if we, as we've seen time and time again. So then they all turn south, they get back to King's Landing, Jamie convinces the rest of the Lannisters to go with him, and oh by the way, I think Bronn's pretty much in charge of the Lannister army right now. So he gets Bronn and the Lannisters on their side, and then just like with Robert's Rebellion, he storms in the Red Keep and fucking slaughters his sister, end of story. Are you saying that Jon Snow's not a good leader with his uh, I sacrifice myself at all costs uh, mentality? Thousands of men don't need to die. Only one of us. Jon Snow is a tactical idiot. 
And like the idea that Jon Snow is going to lead anything against the White Walkers is just the stupidest idea ever because they've taken great pains to show that he is the dumbest motherfucker in all of Westeros in every possible scenario. Hold on. Yeah, the, his character is definitely like the personification of better lucky than good. Like he just manages to survive like a bunch of really stupid shit that he does. But yeah, he he has no ability to read the room. He's the guy that when you're in like a long ass two hour meeting or class or something, and at the end they say, "Are there any questions?" and everybody's like, "Please God, no! Please God, no!" He's the dumbass that raises his hand and asks a question. <laughs> That's who Jon Snow is. Okay, so here's a question that we haven't talked about yet. But now that we know Jon's full heritage, the fact that he is the true heir to the Iron Throne, who ends up on it in the end between him and Daenerys? Is it going to be him or is she going to somehow still maintain that and, and take the throne? Can I have a quick comment about that scene? It was a little confusing. It might have been because I drank like a whole bottle of mead when I was watching this episode. But... The, the, the actor that they chose to play Rhaegar Targaryen looks so much like Viserys. Like I, I thought, thought it was the same actor. Viserys. Yeah, I thought it was the same dude. And yeah. it totally took me out of that scene, man. Like, that should have been, like, a huge freaking reveal moment there. But it was just like, what the fuck? Is that the dude from season I, one? So. I thought it was the elf guy from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no, I thought it was his brother, too. So anyway, who who ends up on the throne, Daenerys or Jon Snow or both? Well, there was the whole scene with the midget talking to, I'm sorry if I said the midget, but... I have a tender spot in my heart for bastards, and broken things. The tiny person. Tyrion was talking to the dragon lady and he's like, name your, your the person that's going to, you know, take over after you. And she's like, I don't know, I don't know. She's like, he's like, even the Night's Watch has you know, a system to, you know, name this person to, to take over. I mean, he's like, do it, do it. And it's like, they took all this time to do that in one of the last episodes lead, leading up. And I just thought that was like one of the throwaway scenes. Why would they do that? So I almost think that the dragon lady sacrifices herself, maybe even Jon Snow at the end to take out the last walker. Everyone shatters, whatever, bullshit. But then now we have to name, you know, somebody to take over, you know? Uh, here's my take for what it's worth. You know, there's been all of this like, oh, my dragons are my children, my dragons are my children, we're already down one dragon. And then there's all this, oh, and my family was so fucked because, you know, no more big dragons and blah, blah, blah. So the other two dragons are going to die somehow. Um, and then because she's got Jon Snow's magical Targaryen sperm inside of her, she's going to be able to have a human child if anybody dies it's going to be Jon Snow but I think they both but she gets the throne and she's pregnant with Jon Snow's incestuous baby problem solved or what would be really cool is if Cersei just continued to be queen I love Cersei man I'm, I'm a big Cersei fan tears aren't a woman's only weapon the best ones between your legs T- to me like she was the MVP of season seven. Like she's coming out looking the best. She has the fucking, she got revenge on the bitch that killed her daughter. She got the gold. She's getting a fucking private army shipped to her. And she's got a plan to fuck over Daenerys and John after the white walkers are defeated. But I would be interested in knowing what, what, 
you guys, who do, who do you call like the season seven MVP? Well, Cersei also has a child in her belly to replace the two children from Jamie that were killed off, right? Dude, everything's coming up Cersei in season seven. I'm saying, dude, like, John Roll. So, I mean, she can even kill off Jamie and she'll basically still have a child that is like genuinely her and Jamie. Right, but this is exactly why she's not going to live. Because the entire point of this whole fucking thing is not to repeat the mistakes of Robert's Rebellion. So all the kids have got to die, everybody that's pregnant's got to die, none of this like loose ends with people with legitimate claims. Who hasn't said their favorite character? Are we doing like favorite character from the show or favorite character from season 7? All time, I think. Okay. Yeah, season seven. My favorite seven. character was Tywin, dude. Tywin was like the most stone cold, fucking piece of shit. That was like so fucking ruthless. You are an ill-made, spiteful little creature, full of envy, lust, and low cunning. Men's laws give you the right to bear my name and display my colors, since I cannot prove that you are not mine. Teach me humility, the gods have condemned me to what you waddle about, wearing that proud lion that was my father's sigil and his father's before him. But I just loved him, man. Like, I've always kind of been like a fan of the heels and stories and the villains and stuff like that. And to me, Tywin was like one of the coolest fucking bad guys, like in Game of Thrones, period. You're a fool if you believe he's the most powerful man in Westeros. When he died, I was really upset. And then I got into Ramsay a little bit, but Ramsay's just not as cool as Tywin, man. If you think this has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. Well, how cool was uh, Euron Greyjoy this season, though? Like, I really enjoyed his character. With Euron Greyjoy commanding our naval forces and Jamie Lannister leading our armies, the sons and daughters of Westeros shall defend our country. Not as Especially cool as first- Tywin to me, but man, he was really cool this season. I'll give you yeah. that. He had like the meeting of all the, the heads. He's just like, I just want to call you a midget, motherfucker. We'd kill you in my place. Like, and how could he know unless he sees the dwarf? It will be a dwarf-sized cock. Guess again. He's like so evil. He's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, I loved when he was coming onto Cersei in like the first or second episode of the season, right in front of Jamie, and he kept making a lot of cracks about having both of his hands. And Listen, if you have any advice at all, I would love to hear it. When we have an hour or two to speak as brothers. Advice? Does she like it gentle or rough? Like basically telling Cersei he wants to fuck her right in front of Jamie. Oh, it was great. Yeah, I'm going to carry on and I'm going with that and I'm going to give a toss-up between Lyanna Mormont Bear Island knows no king but the king of the north whose name is Stark and then also uh, Yard Greyjoy nothing on the Iron Islands has an ass like that because both of them are women who are far more fucking competent than anybody else in their goddamn house and definitely more badass and you know for every moment that you're just like screaming at Theon because he's such a fucking idiot you know there there she is you know backing him up and then same with uh, the uh, Mormons I mean all of them are fucking idiots but hey (laughs) the little girl's got it going on (laughs) so you read the book though what would you say you like more, uh, the Liana Mormont character or the Maggie Mormont character from the book, or is it Maisie? I don't know. Um, 
you know, it's kind of weird how that translates, you know, because I, I, I think it's kind of an amalgamation on the show, but I'm definitely going with the book. Yeah, I mean, like, as far as a show-only character, though, I think Leanna Mormont is definitely, like, one of my favorite show-only characters. M- most of the show-only characters, like, um, kind of weren't that great. They were there for, like, plot devices, but they weren't really... Um, well, I guess Roz. Roz, like, being a show-only character, there was a lot more boobs. And I think there was that time she showed her pussy also. There were not very many boobs in season seven. Like, looking back, there was no, not really. the boobs have gone down significantly in Game of Thrones. What's up with that? Very low boob to episode ratio for this season. Yeah, they did what, like, uh, Spartacus did. There was a series called Spartacus, and they had, like, four or five seasons. They had Xena, the warrior princess <laughs> chick on there, and she, like, full tits, like, a lot of the episodes, but... The first two seasons, every episode had like several sex scenes. And the thing is, it gets a viewer hooked into the show. And then after that, once you've developed characters, you're like, all right, this chick doesn't, I don't have to like force this $100,000 actress. It's it's just like being married, right, Tim? Well, right. Yeah, I don't have to force this $100,000 actress to get naked every week, like just on my birthdays and you know, our anniversary, hopefully. Oh, shit, man. So, I mean, we only got one season of Game of Thrones left, and we've talked a lot about, you know, what may be coming up, but I want to take a look back, man. How did season seven stack up to seasons of the past, do you think? Is this, do you feel like, one of the better seasons, or do you prefer, like, some of the older seasons? I have a preference to the older seasons. The Red Wedding was by far the biggest shock to me in the whole show. The Lannisters and the Records. And that season, it was like those last couple shows, every episode ended in like a what the fuck moment. Just backtracking for a little second, I can't believe that we never got to see any Mara Reed titties, especially because that fucking idiot Bran's like, nope, go away, I don't even want to see your titties after all we've been through. <laughs> I became the three-eyed raven. Oh, the dog! I think that was his exact line, too, in the show. Yeah, too busy watching my sister get raped. <laughs> I can see things that happened in the past. I, I think I prefer the earlier seasons because with these shorter seasons there's a lot more suspension of disbelief which i know is kind of stupid in a show about you know dragons and whatnot like the whole thing about like we're stuck on this island we're gonna send we didn't bring a raven with us to send you know but somehow magically we're gonna have you run back to the fucking wall and then get a raven down and she's gonna fly up and i I mean there's just a whole bunch of you know shit where it's like okay yeah come on in these later seasons Oh, yeah. Geography is like out the window with these last couple of seasons. Like, you can just forget about that. Like, they can just. Especially because, like, half of season one was like, oh, my fucking God, we've got to take like three months to get from Winterfell down to, you know, King's Landing because it's such a long goddamn road and everything. And now it's like, eh, snap your fingers, you're there. Mm hmm. Well, what about last season where they had the. where they killed Ramsey Bolton and the last, like, three episodes were just like half an hour battle scenes like didn't you kind of expect that leading in this last episode like i expected some 
more of that White Walker shit. But it, I look in it, at the TiVo and it's like five minutes left in the episode as it's like getting to the wall. Dragon starts blowing into the wall or whatever. I was just like, fuck, dude, I want to see more of this. It's not just like going to like end them marching through the wall. And guess what? It ends with them marching through the wall. Fucking badass shit. Game of Thrones has had some really fucking uh, sweet effects over the season, but that scene with the Night King riding a freaking ice dragon zombie, that was some of the most amazing shit I've ever seen in this series, man. It was pretty good. You you know that shit had to have cost, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars just that scene, you know? <laughs> Well, that that scene is just like, if you're a book person like I am, and you're insufferable like I am. Because that's what men do. That scene is such bullshit. Because in the books, there's all this stuff about, oh, there's all these magical wards in the wall, and Bran the Builder did all this, you know, crazy magic shit with the Children of the Forest, and, you know, there's this, uh, you know, crazy-ass horn that Mace Rider has that maybe can bring down the wall, and that's the only thing that can do it. And then it's like, oh, well, all we needed was an undead zombie to, like, you know flap its wings and have like one big inhale and the entire wall comes down it's like oh that's such bullshit yeah I, they even commented on that last season uh, when Uncle Benjen zombie he like uh, you know said that he couldn't go through the wall because you know there was magic that kept him away from it well you know what I think that sets it up where almost more where, where Daenerys has to sacrifice to kill this other dragon Rider, you know what I mean. So, I feel like I don't think she's gonna survive next season. You don't think so, huh? No. Well, let me. I am Daenerys Stormborn of House Targaryen, of the blood of Old Valyria. I am the dragon's daughter, and I swear to you that those who would harm you will die screaming. You will not hear me scream. I will. Let me put it like this. I'm the Night King. And I'm like, oh shit, look, there's the biggest dragon. And it's got a Targaryen on top of it. And it's got some, uh, you know, all the important people on it. And it's right down there on the ground. And I got this ice spear and shit. Oh, wait, no, I'm going to, like, aim at this other dragon that they don't even give a fucking name to in the series. So if she can survive that convenient little plot device, I think she's going to survive the rest of it. Well, I don't think any dragons are going to survive the series. If if the dragon mother dies, essentially, I think the second dragon is going to die somewhere in the battle, and then it's going to be her versus that other dragon, and they'll go down. Or else she will survive, but her dragon will die, and her and Jon Snow will live out. But I don't see that. I think, I think she feels like she can't carry on children and then Bran afterwards will be like she had a child in her belly no one knows no one but me <laughs> I like your brand voice it's really good yeah I like that John I watched you put your penis in her pee pee <laughs> he's the heir to the Iron Throne I was there John I saw it all I remember everything I wonder if he told Sam, like, while he was telling Sam about, you know, John's true heritage, he's just like, oh, I can see him right now. He's banging his aunt. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if, like, whenever somebody like Sam shows up for the first time and, and Bran sees him, and he's like, oh, yeah, hang on a second. Let me flip back and watch you banging that whore in Molestown. Okay, cool. 
did you guys catch that like really dry humor joke where he's just like he's like I know so many things and he's like well how'd you know that and he's like I got a rave and he like he saw this in a vision holds up the little scroll that he got it's like oh be, you know he's like making a joke like oh but it's because you're so smart with your brainiac and it's like no it's because I got a bird you dumbass well that's that's like also like you know brands like ooh there should be a raven coming for me. Or he's like, where's my message? And they're like, my lord, what do you mean? Where's your raven for you, sir? And he's like, <laughs> So do you guys have any predictions for the final season? Like, what do you guys think is going to be the culmination of the show? It's it's tough to say. I mean, obviously, it's going to, they're eventually going to defeat the White Walkers. They have to, right? It's just a matter of how decimated do the living get by the end of it and who the hell is left. And I feel like it's probably going to be like maybe just John or just Daenerys and they take over the throne. And I keep going back to a few seasons ago when Daenerys had this like vision of like, I don't know if you guys remember her walking into King's Landing with the Iron Throne was there, but it was all like snow covered. There was like a fucking hole in the ceiling. That may be like the final scene, like her walking up to the throne in a decimated King's Landing. I predict a zombie cast reunion so everybody that's freaking died in the show so far is gonna come back as a zombie so there's gonna be like zombie Ober and martell you know why i've come all the way to this stinking shit pile of a city for you with his head all smashed in <laughs> zombie ned stark he passes the sentence should swing the sword when he has no head you know, you're gonna have zombie Tywin. Go on, say something clever. Freaking zombie. Uh, I don't know if this people that got killed in the Sept of Baylor would necessarily be back because. Yeah. Are you saying there's gonna be like a scene where at the very end it like does a montage through a lot of the main characters and it shows them as zombies? Either that or maybe we'll finally get to see uh, a a book only character in a sense uh, called Lady Stoneheart that is actually zombie Catelyn Stark. I sat with him all through the darkness. That's pretty good. I just want to know, alright, so I think the zombies will get defeated, obviously. It's going to end in like a big shatter moment with like Jon Stark or, you know, the dragon lady where they kill the dragon lord and he's basically been the start of them all so if they kill him they shatter everything and then i just want to know how far south the zombies get they're obviously going to get past winterfell they're going to destroy whatever but is it going to be another moment where like the fucking barbarian redbeard guy is like on the side of the wall that doesn't get burned by the fucking zombie dragon and like Sansa gets out of Winterfell like all the main characters seem to keep surviving for some reason like what the fuck yeah they didn't show him die on screen which leads me to believe that the Tormund the red bearded wildland dude he's still alive man either that or there's gonna be a zombie Tormund I like you boy but if you lie to me I'll pull your guts out through your throat yeah, I feel like we're going to see a, uh, at least one or two surprise zombies of other characters. 
Okay, this is this is my prediction for for how it ends, and I hate to say this, but I think we're all going to be disappointed because this is all hurtling towards a very happy ending. So here's what happens: they fucking kill the Night King, and they defeat the army up there. And as soon as that happens, like all the snow stops and everything, and it starts melting, and Jon Snow is like, "Spring, spring is here," <laughs> and then it cuts to like Daenerys's belly, you know, and it's this whole allegory about fertility and growth and everything. Somebody makes a big speech about like, well, now we gotta go south and kill Cersei because spring is here and we can't have all this old shit and it's time for new people to grow and build a new, you know, happy magical fantasy land and all this shit, you know? So I think that's pretty much where we're going. And then please, God, do not, do not let Sam go back to, you know, the fucking nerd club there and start writing the book titled A Game of Thrones. I am a man of the Night's Watch, Gilly. I made a promise to defend the wall and I have to keep it because that's what men do. Bullshit. No, it won't be. It'll be a song of fire and ice. I think John has it where the writers of the show are going to try to take it like a, a TV show or a movie and try to like wrap up all the the shit in a nice bow. And I think they should have like a Twilight Zone ending where Cersei Lannister just kind of like crushes over everyone. But if the city falls, these fine women should be in for a bit of a rape. Half of them will have bastards in their bellies come in the morning. You'll be glad of your red flower then. When a man's blood is up, anything with tits looks good. A precious thing like you will look very, very good. A slice of cake just waiting to be eaten. It's like they wake up and uh, uh, Tyrion is actually, it's been all in his head and he's looking at a snow globe of the wall. Or Bran just like wakes up out of a dream and then falls out of the tower again and dies. Yeah, this has all been happening as Bran is falling. Alright, the whole show is a mindfuck. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Now, Gary Shandling, 2018. This is the theme to Gary's show. The Gary Shandling show. Gary called me up and asked if I would write his theme song. I'm almost halfway finished. This is How the Gary Shandling show. How do you like the theme to Gary's show? Is he for real back? Fucking Gary Shandling. Oh my Did god, Shanley is dead! Yeah, he, he died last year. He died, like, years ago. Dude, I wish they would bring Dream On back. I used to love watching Dream On. And then, like, Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt was my jam, dude. I love it. <laughs> like, ah, oh, dude. That shows the shit. It's a better Twilight Zone. You ever watched Tales from the Crypt now, and it is, like, so terrible? Yeah, because the terrible actors are like, Hey, dude, I'm going to run in here. Like, oh, I'm getting killed. Oh, this is totally terrible getting killed. Oh. I remember it being such high quality, but it's it's not high quality. I gotta see if there's a way I can, like, watch Dream On. I haven't seen that since I was a kid, dude. And I had no business watching that show because it was very sexy. But I want to watch that again because that was, like, one of my favorites, man. It was very sexy, just like you said, Swami. Yeah, man. Uh, 
Entourage. That was a cool one. I didn't watch it on HBO though. I didn't watch it until it like started um, like coming out in syndication. Is there any other loose ends you guys think will be tied throughout the end? Jamie's obviously going to die because he's so noble, right? He'll die in like a noble act. Um, do you think Jon Snow will live? Do you think Arya will fulfill her list? Do you think Sansa will become, you know, will sit on the Iron Throne? Or do you think that she's too prideful and she'll die as well? Eh. I've never been fond of Sansa. I, she's always been kind of a throwaway character for me. I don't see her doing a whole lot beyond being maybe like the Lady of the North after somebody takes the throne. She's so hot. She's so hot, She's, she's going to get eaten by zombie Gary Shandling. This is the Gary Shandling Zombie. I'm gonna eat you, Gary Shandling Zombie. You don't want to be a TV star anymore, do you? Sansa and Theon get married because they have literally nothing else to do. Uh, Podrick gets to lay them all because of his magic dick. Do you think the Hound will take down the mountain? Yes. What another great scene when the, the Scorpion King gets taken down by the mountain, just like, you think he takes him down and he gets too cocky and then just like crushes head. That was another scene where you're like, the show ends and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, that was pure shock value, dude. That was, that was a big shocking moment to me. But still, I'm pretty sure that the fucking... Jorah getting cured of grayscale has it topped in like the gross out factor. <laughs> okay, here's how it's going to happen. The hound is going to take down the mountain and he's going to use fire to do it because fire burns zombies, right? And the hound is afraid of fire, so he's going to conquer his fucking fear and really stick it to his brother and everybody's going to be happy. Boo. But wow, do you think he will sacrifice himself to to save the blonde chick and and the barbarian dude because he hates a blonde chick no he's he's, he's not gonna do any of that it's gonna be like him and fucking jamie burst into the throne room and cersei's there with her mountain zombie you know and it's gonna be like this cannot be decided with our powers of the force alone but only with lightsabers and then they go at it all right so blonde chick sees cersei kill jamie Freaks out, runs at him, blah, blah, blah. About to die. Hound steps in, takes the death. Barbarian, blonde chick, live happy? No. All right. Well, then Arya, like, goes on this sex rampage and, and fucks everyone before she takes their face. Uh, I think Brianna Tarth is going to die, too, because she's got nothing else to do. So do you think the storylines in Essos are completely over now? Like Totally whatever? over. They're not going to do anything. They're not even going to get like, they're not even going to get like a Star Wars special edition shout out at the end with like some fireworks or something. Not going to happen. But I want to see zombie cow Drogo, dude. It's going to be so badass. So basically Cersei is going to get the you know, the town that holds all her money or whatever, she's going to get their, like, you know, their militia 
on her side. Jamie's not going to have them. Do you think they'll come and play against Jamie to kind of, like, Jamie's going to have the main forces? They're going to side with Jamie because Braun is in charge of them. Little finger. Little finger, that knife is from you. I think you're confused. You're too high. You're confusing you're confusing Bran and Brawn. <laughs> but Brain and Brawn, it's all the same. Sid, wrap it up. Where we find it? Alright, y'all, that's the Game of Thrones show. So donate your duggets to us because we put this awesome episode out about something we had absolutely no part of creating, and we deserve cash for that. Patreon.com forward slash magic and hash. There are several reward tiers, but, you know, probably won't give you a reward, so just give us some money and quit being all needy and shit. Alright, John. They, the zombies got through the wall. What do we do now? Uh, you're going to find me dry humping some zombie whores in Moletown. Alright. Jason, if you had a dragon to ride, where would it be? Where would it be? It, it would be on uh, Vince Russo's The Brand, because you can now find me, the video version of the All Things Star Wars podcast, on Vince Russo's official website and his YouTube channel, as I'm sure Sid is very happy to hear. That's awesome, man. I'm happy for you. <laughs> That's dope, man. And I saw you guys are doing a video version of All Things Star Wars. That's so cool. Like, I get to see you guys chatting it out, being dudes. And I get to see Roscom. He's like, you're toning up, man. You've been jogging it out. What's going on? Yeah, I've been slacking the last couple of weeks. But yeah, for the most part, I've been running uh, six to seven miles four days a week. So yeah, uh, I'm out there. Is because your podcast is now on video? Yeah, you know, got to look good for the cameras. So that's the way it goes. Hit us up at magicandhash at gmail.com with all your inquiries. Magic underscore Timmy on Twitter, Tim Kempter on Facebook. Hit any of us up, we'll add you to our Facebook group. Thanks for getting blissed with us. Peace out. I'm wondering where the day went. The clouds had me shrouded in gray, but I'm still out pounding the pavement. Drowning the herb, I'm pounding around some brown paper. Found out a label, now I'm drowning in paper. Work went out of cool, I'm down with found an escape from work. And I love her, cause that's when your hard work gets you. My heart bursts through my chest, I'm rescued. So forget what the rest of are blessed to do. But do it, who are the best to do it to what I love? Look at it go. If we never stood in the cold, we put in the fold. Used to put my crooked foot in what I couldn't resolve. But took control now. Hard work is good for the soul. And I love it. Growing through life for stress, knowing the fight is just Opposing of righteousness, contract owners and licenses, stories and lies we just searching for them. Vacant lots like how Raising the brow on the face of
part of town and support act, we ain't half as loud, but twice as nice you can ask the crowd then we passing out in the departure lounge. I love it, I hug the road like an old friend, like the world won't revolve unless we're rolling. Monitor holds, then monitor soul, melodic and all, they want it. Come on. I love it, but chasing the dream, every day a new place, new faces and scenes. Living out a suitcase, few breaks in between, there's been very few days I'd lose faith in my team. Got love far from home, through the winter or summer, no matter how hard the road or the distance are coming. Even bitter when I'm missing my significant other. I love it.